0: Hello everybody and welcome to 38 Weeks To Go, your weekly podcast about fantasy football. I am your host Nash and I'm still reeling over gameweek 19. I have 11 points on the bench. I messed up and I thought I'd put the Korean guy as my first sub, but he's my second sub. I hope your gameweek 19 was better. This Boxing Day edition had very many surprises. And I'll have to say the biggest one was the first game of the day. Nottingham Forest 3, Newcastle 1. So let's get into it. Newcastle looked good. They had all defenders back. And by that I mean you had Burn, Shar, Portman, Chipier. Up until this game, Newcastle had won seven games in a row. It started off well when Isak won and scored the penalty that gave them a 1-0 lead. At this point, I was sure Trippy is going to give me points and it'll be a good day. Clean sheet. New manager bounce, guys. New manager bounce. Just before halftime, Elanga finds Wood and he scores. And apparently, it's the second boxing day in a row that he has scored. One of the things I've noticed about Espirito Santo, Nuno, the manager, is that he loves peace. When he was Wolves' manager, Traore was utilizing his pace to the max. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he signed him. I say this because with Odoi and Elanga, you know he's going to be running at people. And it is under his management that Raul Jimenez flourished. And maybe the same thing can happen with Wood. The second goal was Elanga to Wood again, Although this time, Wood had much more work to do. And he really dribbled past everyone. It's it's quite unbelievable. You have to see the goal yourself to believe it. And for the third goal, Murillo found Wood with a beautiful lofted pass. He was clean on goal and he did not disappoint. This was the first hat-trick that a Nottingham first player has scored in the Premier League since 1996. If Elanga was less selfish, Wood would have had four goals. Newcastle was second best and... If there was a team in between that had been third best. At this point, I'm really wondering if I really want to have Trippier in my team. Newcastle just seem like they don't know what to do. Like they already drained. It kind of feels like when Liverpool went for the treble and won nothing. And then they were just done the next season. This is how Newcastle look. Obviously Wood had three bonus points. Elonga had two and Isaac had one. There were 12 people who triple-captained Wood to get 51 points, triple-captained. What do people know? How do you wake up and decide I'm going to triple-captain Wood against Newcastle? Moving on. Bournemouth three, Fulham zero. For me, it was a team in form versus a team in half form. At this point, I really want to see Fulham with Raul Jiménez. Because it seems like they figured something with him. And without him, they've been absolute garbage. They just couldn't get anything going. While Bournemouth, on the other hand, had everything going. It seems like Bournemouth are so deep. It doesn't even make sense. Because in this game, the guy who really stood out was a guy called Scott. He really seemed to get things going. It was wild. The goal scorers were Clivert. Our boy Solanke and Sinistero got the goal of the weekend for me so far. Assists came from Brooks, Semenyo, and Scott. Scott had the three bonus points. He was immense. He was really, really good. Neto had two bonus points. And Zabani had one. Moving on to Sheffield versus Luton. I had previously said that both teams need to win. And both teams played like they knew this I must also say that if you listen to the previous pod then you will know that I picked really well the suggestions and recommendations I gave especially for this game week were mostly spot on it must be said this game was scrappy it looked like a championship game the goals were ugly I believe there were two own goals in this one Doughty squad for Luton and he was a recommendation. Robinson and Slimane scored own goals. For Sheffield, Amdzovic and McBurney scored off assists from Archer and McAtee. For Luton, the assists came from Sambi and Morris. He had two assists. Luton seemed to be in inspired form, and if they keep this up, they will no longer be relegation favorites. Although, with a new manager bounce, it might be tough to catch up to Nottingham Forest. McBurney had the three bonus points, Ahmedovic had two, and Sambi had one. Burnley, zero, Liverpool, two. This game, the result was never in doubt. Liverpool were favourites, we all knew this, and anyone could have told you that. Burnley made the game difficult, but they still lost 2 0. Salah had about three chances to score but didn't take any of them which was very painful because he was my captain and judging by the table many of you thought the same thing in fact I would go as far as to say it is our captaining of Salah that has caused this week to be a bit low come back Haland. after talking shit about Darwin Nunez he scored of a Gakpo assist. Di Guajota scored an injury time off an assist by Luis Diaz. It was Nunez's first goal since October. Salah apparently has a very poor record against Burnley and so it turns out he doesn't really score against them. Who knew? Burnley had half chances. They really tried but they didn't really threaten. Trent continues his marvellous form and he got all the bonus points. Darwin got two, and Virgil van Dijk got one. Manchester United three, Aston Villa two. This was the second most surprising result of the weekend, or rather, of the game day. It turns out, Manchester United have not lost on Boxing Day since 1978. That is a very long time ago. Man United were not good at defending set-pieces in this game, Magin squad, one of those goals that you sort of cross it in, but it goes into the goal. Nobody touches it. And the second was the Donka. off another set piece. It was 2 0. It looked like smooth sailing. And Villa going to the break with the lead. Villa then make a mistake. In the second half, Rashford finds Ganacho and he scores. They had already scored an offside goal with the same combination. For the second goal, Villa didn't clear the ball well. Garnaccio capitalizes it. Villa had chances with Bailey and McGinn, but they fluffed those chances. Then Villa mess up again on a set-piece, and Hoyland scores. So this game, set-pieces weren't really defended well. And Manchester United took their chances Hoyland has finally scored in the Premier League. This was one of those games where you say football is a game of two halves. Then Donka got the three bonus points. Garnacho got two and Hoyland got one. Brentford one, Wolves four. In the preview pod, I said Wolves would be the better team. They just felt more complete than Brentford are currently. I am sure they can't wait for January to come and for Ivan to come back if they don't sell him. That Korean guy scored two goals. Brentford were horrible. They gave him a goal. Literally, they just gave him a through pass and he just dribbled around the keeper. They gave two through passes to Wolves attackers who just said thank you and scored. So this game essentially could have been 2-1. The Korean guy scored two goals. Lamina continues. To score for the second game in a row, and Belgard, my boy, scored the fourth. Wissa scored for Brentford. The assist for Wissa's goal came from Ope, and for Wolves, Sarabia, Totti, and Cunha had the assists. The Korean guy had the three bonus points. Lamina had two, and Wissa had one. Wolves were clearly the better team, and they deserved their win. Chelsea 2, Crystal Palace 1. <laughs> this game. If you listen to the podcast, you will know that I said Chelsea will win mainly because they've lost their last two games. Or rather, they haven't won their last two games. And they were due one. I honestly could not have predicted this lineup. This squad is too big. The rotation is too much. Modric was dangerous. Gusto was amazing. You know, with... Mr. Rhys James out for the foreseeable future. Gusto has the opportunity to make that position his own. He had the assist for Mudrik's goal. Crystal Palace equalised with no other than the man they call Olyse the man they sing about every week off an assist from Mr. Ayu. Maduike then scored the winner with a penalty in the dying moments of the game giving Chelsea a 2-1 lead and they held on for the win. It's really hard to choose Chelsea players right now because of the rotation. I just don't know who's going to play. Gusto had the three bonus points, well deserved. Olise had two. Madueke and Mudrik had one. Everton one, Man City three. Harrison scored first giving Everton a lead and it looked like, oh, maybe they can do something. And then Foden scored a beautiful, long-distance, well-struck, grass-cutting shot. Everton then gave away a penalty. Alvarez dispatched it in the centre. It was close. It was almost saved, but it wasn't. I am very thankful because I don't know what I would have done without him. Everton then made a mistake and handed Bernardo Silva the ball and he just chipped the keeper from outside the box. The keeper was nowhere near the ball. Pickford made the error and Pickford was punished. Bernardo Silva got all the bonus points. Alvarez got two and Foden got one. Brighton, four. Spurs, two. This game did not go how I thought it would go. Brighton were just great from the beginning. They seemed to be getting players back as Tupinyan came back. It seems like They have, I don't even know what to say, a certain vibe about them. This felt like the Brighton from last season. Right from the get-go, João Pedro was very dangerous. Made a good run, laid it off for Hinshelwood and he scored. He then scored a penalty and then Estupinian had really what was the goal of the week. It was a beautiful long shot. If you haven't seen it, please give your eyes a feast. And then Ferguson was taken down in the box and they were given another penalty, which João Pedro dispatched comfortably. I know the result at this point is 4-0, but Vicario really tried. He really kept them at bay. It could have been worse. If Welbeck was a better finisher, it would have been more. The assists for Brighton up to this point came from Ferguson, João Pedro, Milner and Welbeck. You know the story doesn't end there. Brighton continue the streak of conceding and Son set up Veliz I'd not even heard of him before today. Veliz Navin and <laughs> Okay sorry. So Veliz got off an assist from Son and Pedro poro gave a beautiful assist for Davis to score and the game ended 4-2. Spurs were second best. Having said that they did hit the post like two or three times. But. It's a team that takes their chances that wins. João Pedro as expected. Got the three bonus points. Hinshelwood. And Pedro Poro. Got two bonus points each. Even if Spurs lost. I regret not having Son as my captain. (laughs) Because Salah did nothing for me. So that was a wild result. Well maybe not too unexpected. But this one was definitely unexpected. Arsenal 0. West Ham two. If you listen to the previous board, I told you when West Ham get a favourable result in this game, it's a draw. But I guess West Ham are not who they used to be. Arsenal's best chances fell to Saka. And I'm not sure if you guys are noticing, but Saka isn't the best finisher. He had two or three chances. One hit the post and the other went straight at the keeper. They did test Ariola, but ultimately it wasn't good enough. Suchek scored off a lovely hustle play by Bowen. He really kept the ball in. Suchek was left unguarded, and he scored. The second was a set-piece. Who else but James Ward-Prowse to give it in to Marvro Panos, who scored. Ariola kept another clean sheet. What is this, guys? What is this? What is this? What's going on? We get that guy out and now suddenly he wants to perform. This is some BS. Marvropanos, former Arsenal boy, had the bonus points. Ariola had two and Suchek had one. Ariola made eight saves in that game. I'm just saying this to show you that Arsenal did try. They just weren't good enough on the day. There were three clean sheets this game week. Ariola, after making those eight saves and the bonus points, he had 10 points this week. Neto had nine. Raya and Becker had six. Mavropanos was a top scoring defender with 15. Gusto had eight. Trent had eight. Amadzovic had eight. Zabarni, Virgil van Dijk, and Doughty had seven. Senezi, Smith, Estupinian, and Gomez, Quanser, Davis Sufal, Emerson Ogbonna had 6 When it comes to midfielders Garnacho had 14 That Korean guy had 14 So painful Especially since he's on my bench Dendonka has 13 Bernardo Silva has 13 Elonga has 5 Scott has 9 Henshelwood has 9 Olise has 9 Suchek Lemina have 9 Clivert, Mudrick, Foden have 8, McGinn, Harrison, Sinisterra, Milner, Madweke, Diogo Jota, and Sambi, and Bowen, Ward-Prowse, Belgaard, have 6. It goes to show that midfield really dominated this game week. When it comes to the forwards, Wood led the way with 17, João Pedro was 2nd with 16, McBurney, had nine. Darwin, Nunez, Alvarez had eight. Wissa, Morris, Hoyland, Isaac, seven. Solanke had six. Average points for the game week was 38. That's pretty low. So if you did above that, well done. You're above average. The highest points this game week was 105. Somebody triple Captain Ganacho. I'm telling you, people are wild over here. When it comes to the 38 weeks to go table, we have a new leader. And the name of that manager is Alexander Mutune. His team is Don't Bottle It this year. When I saw the Arsenal result, the first thing I thought was, I'm sure Tune has Suchek. And then lo and behold, I go. He has Ariola was giving him 10. He has Suchek, who was given him 9. Trent has 8. Pedro Poro has 5. Salah was his captain. Darwin and Isaac scored, and he has 63 points. He's also the points leader in our group this time round. Bonaji was second with 52, and Adan was third with 51. Outside that, the rest of us were languishing in the 30s and the 40s. At the top of the table, Alexander Moutoun has taken and built up a lead of 6 points. He has 11.31. Simlani Nijua has 11.25. City has 11.24. Why are you running? Has 11.12. So he's 12 points behind number 3. And number 3 is 1 point behind number 2. And number 2 is 6 points behind number 1. So last week I had said it's a 3 racehorse. Now it's 4. Well done on taking advantage of this game week. He had 23 points more than any of the top 4. So that really helped him. At the bottom of the table... We have Jeremiah Obiri with 25. And believe it or not, that's better than last week. He has 803 points. Melvin Kathrima, number 22, has 830 points. He got 40 points. Tim Kubwa is 30 points above number 22. He has 864. Number 20 has 899 points. So he's 33 points ahead of him. Sorry, 35 points ahead of him. And number 20 has 909. And number 18 has 9-16. And between number 17 and number 18 is roughly 33-34 points. So the gaps in the table are beginning to open. These game weeks are coming quick and fast. The next game week begins tomorrow. And it starts with Luton versus Chelsea. Luton are home. Luton are in better form than Chelsea. And Luton have been able to score against everybody. Chelsea will probably put up a random lineup again. They will be competitive. I see both teams scoring in this one. I think Chelsea have the better squad, but I don't know what that means when you play against a team in good form. There may be a rotation again, so it's it's very uh, tricky to recommend a player when you don't even know if he will play. But I will just go with the people who just played recently. Molo well, Gusto looks good. He ran well. He will be consistently playing. He's only 4.1. Maybe it's time to bring him back, especially since Chris James will be out for some time. Mujic will, will if he plays, he will be threatening. He runs well. He th- runs dangerously. After that, I don't know who to recommend. Matson could be good. If Mkunko plays, he will be good. If Palma is back, he could be good. Sterling could be good. Nicholas Jackson tends to score in games that you don't want him to. For Luton, at least, the squad's more predictable. Morris will be trouble. Adebayo. You have Berkeley. You have Mengi Brown. You have Doty. Aston Villa versus Burnley. Burnley have been tricky to beat. They still lose, but they're still tricky to beat. I still do believe that Aston Villa are the better team. And they are. It's not even questionable. They're at home. They have a great home record. Their last two games have been mm, a bit meh. Maybe the highs of beating Arsenal and Manchester City have made them relax a bit. But, at home, Douglas Louise, Watkins, Bailey, McGinn has been great over late. Yeah, that's about it. It could be a clean sheet this time. So maybe Moreno, Digne, Konsa, try your luck. I would say this is a game to captain Watkins, but every game we've decided to captain Watkins, it never ends up well for us. Crystal Palace versus Brentford. This is a game with two teams that are kind of in poor form right now. Olise is in great form, so he is the guy I would recommend straight out of the bat. And Mr. Ayu, they seem to be working well together. And the third guy would be Mateta. Now, I am no longer confident in recommending defenders from Crystal Palace. And I will be moving off my Crystal Palace defenders. Brentford, Wisa, Zanelts, Pinnock. It really depends on how you see it going. But also, I wouldn't be looking to move into Brentford players at this point in time. Manchester City versus Sheffield. The last time these two met, I thought Haaland was going to collect goals. It seems every time you expect these promoted sides to be thrashed, they end up just being beaten 1 or 2-0. So I wouldn't rush to this fixture. Having said that, even if Man City end up thrashing Sheffield, It would probably be Grealish who comes up with the goods. Or Doku. It wouldn't be Alvarez or Foden or Silva. But they would be present in that victory. Just not the way we would hope. For Sheffield, if they do score Archer, Hammer, Makati, McBurney, and that's about it, they will probably concede. Holland isn't back yet. So, yeah. Wolves versus Everton. These are two teams in quite good form. I'm hoping for that Korean guy to score. He needs to give me some of those points that he kept on my bench last week. I am also hoping... No, that's actually it. I'm hoping for Everton to be beaten. But this is the kind of game that Everton will win. Everton are really good away from home. So maybe they'll even keep a clean sheet, Mikolenko. You know, I'm just propping my guys. But Apart from that Harrison, you know. Dukuri isn't back. You have Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Dwight McNeil. Yeah. That Korean guy, Pedro Sarabia, Belgard, Kunya. Those are the favorites from Wolves right now. now. Nottingham Forest versus Manchester United. I wanted to bring in Wood, but uh, I don't know, I don't know. Wood, Elanga, Morgan Gibbs-White, and maybe one of the wing backs. If they score, new manager bounce. There's a lot of potential for an upset here. For Manchester United, Garnacho seems to be playing well. He's a guy I recommended last time. He is still their best attacking threat right now. Rashford seems to be waking up. He hasn't woken up, but he seems to be waking up. And really, maybe Hoyland, maybe he's going to now pick up where he left off and go on a scoring streak. Who knows? It should be a good game. Fulham and Arsenal, huh? Arsenal will be looking to recover from their upset. They will be looking to beat Fulham. Fulham won't be looking to just roll over and take the beating. They need to figure something out before it gets ugly. For Arsenal, the usual suspects. Well, I don't know if Saka is one of the usual suspects, but Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Jesus, Havertz, I guess. The defense is a bit shaky now, so I don't know. They're not that guaranteed clean sheet team that we thought they were. So I wouldn't maybe be too hasty. I had two Arsenal defenders in the last game. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm going to correct that. From Fulham's side, you have Wilson. You have William, De Cordova Reed, Pereira, and that's it, maybe. Yeah, Bournemouth versus Spurs. This will be a good game. I believe that both teams will score. I know Solanke is good for the goals right now. Maybe Tavanier, Scott, Brooks, Semeno, Billing, Christie. There's so many options from that team. Choose wisely. From Spurs, you really have Son, Kudulewski, Richarlison, Pedro Poro. Liverpool versus Newcastle. At this point, it's clear that Newcastle are not a team in good form. I am going to be moving off trip here soon. And yeah, I believe Newcastle will be beaten. Liverpool are in great form right now. Salah, Jota, Diaz, Nunez. Nunez killed them last time, so he may be one to look out for in this one. And in the last game of the weekend, which will be in the week, which will be next year, it is going to be... West Ham versus Brighton. West Ham have beaten Manchester United and Arsenal in the last two games. They're in good form. They have a good home record right now. And they're playing Brighton who seem to be recovering from the inconsistent form. I'm going to go with the home team in this one. And as always, if you're betting on West Ham, you're betting on Kudos, James Watt Prowse, Bowen, maybe Sucek. <laughs> and if you're going with Brighton, you have, I guess Estupinian is back. I don't know about that. But you have Welbeck who'll be troublesome. Buonanotte who will create trouble. Gilmore who will create trouble. Cross. Adingra. You know who the suspects are. Just go with who your heart tells you. But do not leave out Joao Pedro. And that is our last pod for the year. I hope you celebrate it well. Make your team. We have already passed halfway. Happy New Year. Be safe and see you in the new year. Take it one week at a time. Make your teams. Bye-bye.